TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's Tuesday, and every Tuesday we are joined by the founder and CEO of Hill Vets, Mr. Justin Brown. Justin's a Navy veteran who's made it his life's work to get more veterans involved in politics and to keep veterans up to date and advised on politics. Justin, good morning and welcome back to the program. Hey, good morning. How are you? Ah, I'm doing okay. As I told Jake, uh, I've been playing this video game recently that's kind of addictive. And uh, before I realized it, it was almost midnight last night, which when you have to be up as early as I do, that's never good to see the clock turn over. What's what's the game? Forza Horizon 3. It's Uh a racing game, open world. You get to earn and buy new cars you save money i'm saving up for a koenigsegg which is uh, one of the world's most expensive cars but we don't need to talk about it really i'm, I'm <laughs> dealing with it enough as soon as my son goes to bed i'm hopping on i, I want to hear why there's no pizza mre basically that there's uh no way to make it taste anything like pizza and have it stay good enough long enough because there are requirements for mres like it needs to have a shelf life of, uh, I don't know, 200 three, years, yeah, say 350 <laughs> years. Now you were a Navy veteran. Did you ever have to deal with MREs when you were in? Uh, we did. We, we traded for them. Uh, I, I was on, I was Why? on, an, I was on an amphib. I don't know. Oh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes the food was, I guess that it, it was, it was more of a, it was more of a snacking thing, you know, like we we get the charms and the crackers with cheese and the other little things. Yeah, in there. you got it. You got it. So and, it'd be it'd be kind of between meals or yeah. once or once you'd been deployed for a really long time and the food really just degraded to that level. You know, um, it's something that you don't think about as a civilian. Any sailor who's been on a ship for any period of time, if I want to go out and get some food right now, I can walk out of the studio, go outside. I'll be able to find a place to get food right now. They'll cook it up for me. They'll do it. Any time of the day, 24 hours a day, you can find food on a Navy ship. No, there's like an hour and a half that they're open for breakfast. It's like two hours for lunch, an hour and a half, two hours for dinner. Sometimes there's mid rats in the middle of the night. But other than that, you're just kind of out of luck unless you brought something on. And MREs, it's kind of a good way to have something standing by. I never really thought of that. Yeah, there's there's definitely that. They'd also have, I mean, they've got a ship store where they'd uh, sell, you know, various snacks. Tuna and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you got it. You know, Overpriced. Junk, oh, and they were always closed when I food. wanted to go there. Yeah, and then they're closed. And, and so that's where the MREs come into play. And, yep. you know, we'd. We'd, we'd trade and barter for, for those on occasion, but we were never, you know, it was, it was more of a commodity. It wasn't something that yeah. we ever were, that was ever really forced upon us. We were talking about it yesterday and I, when I would travel with the Marines, when I was stationed in Iceland, we would eat MREs when we were doing field exercises and stuff like that. And, uh, most of those were okay. Some were bad. Beef Franks, AKA the five fingers of death. That was sounds horrible. not a good meal. And then when I was in <laughs> Afghanistan, because I was uh, attached to the Germans in RC North, I got German MREs, which was like a lot of pork. A lot of pork and salted pork and things like that, mm. uh, but they were actually very tasty. They really, were, they were good. And by the time you ate them, you didn't care what it tastes like because you were just exhausted and needed calories, and were just trying to fill yourself back up. I'm trying to fill myself up with good news about what's going on on Capitol Hill because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm looking for silver linings out there. One of the good news is that Hill Vets. One of the many things that they do is shine a spotlight on veterans who are doing good work. 
in and around our nation. And of course, do that through things like the Hill Vets 100. And you guys just announced the Hill Vets 100 selections last week. So that was a pretty big uh, couple of days for you. All the tweets and Facebook posts and all that stuff coming out, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a very busy week. And uh, we're very excited about how the Hill Vets 100 turned out. Uh, some really, really incredible veterans on that list. Uh, you know, every year folks are like, you know, hundreds a lot and it people <laughs> think that it's going to be redundant. But the fact is, is there are so many incredible veterans, service members and supporters just doing really, really good work out there that it's, it's never a challenge to come up with 100 people. The challenge is truly just selecting them. And, mm. you know, we, 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 we try to do our best in, in capturing, um, you know, and I think we do a good job of cat capturing 100 incredible folks. Uh, but you know, every year there, there are folks that we wish, you know, we could have added and, and usually we end up catching them the next year. So. There you go. There are so many people and that's, that's one of the interesting things in doing this show is that I think there are some out there who would go, you do a five day a week show talking to people every day. How many veterans are there out there that are doing it? Well, enough for us to do five days a week for whatever it's been nine months now or whatever. I mean, right. it's, it's not hard really. Like I have had to tell some people no and turn some people away just because of, uh, you know, whatever reason, like I've focused on something else instead of them. There are an incredible amount of, uh, veteran stories out there. The Hill Vets 100, uh, is a great way of kind of gathering them all together and not all veterans on the list i noticed there's some people on there like when we look at hollywood rob riggle okay rob riggle that he's a marine corps veteran we see him on there yep. um clint eastwood is he a veteran did he, he serve he is a veteran where did he serve uh you got me i'd have to look again <laughs> but i i, I want to say he was i want to say he was air force oh okay but i that doesn't I'm, seem right i'm gonna be, like he should have been a marine i'm gonna be wrong yeah, yeah but he he was a from my vague remembrance of the story, he was he was a service member. He didn't deploy, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, got out and then pursued his his dream in Hollywood, and obviously was was very successful. But yeah, I was surprised to see that he was. You know, you kind of think of him, I think, as a veteran because of the various roles. Yeah, he's, he's been played, in plenty of movies, but, like you know, yeah, Jack yeah. Nicholson. I think of him because if he was in movies like The Last Detail and things like that, I don't believe he ever served though. But a lot of people of Eastwood's generation, and he's what eighty years old now. Yeah, he's getting up years there. old. He's of that era where you know, well, him and a little bit older. World War II, Korea, Vietnam, just where a lot more people were serving than they are nowadays. So there's a lot more people from that time frame who were veterans. Uh, what were some of your favorites that you saw pop up on the Hill Vets 100 that you guys were able to select? Was there anything that sticks out to you as someone who uh, maybe isn't a Clint Eastwood or Rob Riggle but deserves the same kind of recognition? Oh. I should have known you were going to throw this question at me. Um, you know, I think I think for me, uh, some of the lifetime of, of achievement recipients. You know, we had Senator McCain mm. uh, on the list. Obviously, you know, he's been a uh, you know I think long controversial figure in that you know he's kind of paved his own way, done what he believed was the right thing over a number of years, and yet managed to maintain his political prowess, if you will. Right. Um, you know, we have Bob Wallace on there, who's the executive director of the the VFW, uh, longest tenured executive director mm. of, uh, you know, the big six veteran groups. And so, you know, he's really just been a rock in Washington, D.C., so we're really excited to see him on that list. Um, you know, I'm looking at Clint Eastwood here right now and uh, uh, trying to come up with 
All right, we're going to have to find it. But <laughs> That's not a problem. We'll find <laughs> it. Um, there, there's another one on here, uh, Stacy Pearsall, uh, you know, female f- photographer. Uh, with, oh, yeah, uh, with she just group. tweeted at me last night. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting... Uh, yeah, so uh, with the Veterans Portrait Project, you know, just doing really, really incredible work. If, if you've got some time, give her a quick Google, uh, the Veterans Portrait, Portrait Project. Uh, some incredible work. We're hopeful to get her down for the event. So, Stacy, if you're listening and, and tweeting at Eric, uh, <laughs> we want to see you March 29th at the Hill Vets 100 Gala. Um, but, you know... Uh, Honestly, they're, they're, it's really tough to zero in on, on too many of them. Um, the nonprofit section, I mean, we highlighted Team Rubicon. They're, 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 um, uh, I'm trying to think what they're called. They're fast. The, the water rescue teams. I mean, those guys kicked butt oh, yeah. for, 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 for Hurricane Harvey. Uh, just saved you know, tens and tens of lives uh, as they were down there. Uh, we actually went down there directly after rescue efforts ended, as you recall. You guys, yep. you guys called me up and interviewed me, yeah. and I was, I was. You guys a, were down there uh, mucking houses, ripping out all the the, the mud and water and yep. all that. Uh, uh, what, what, geez, the stuff that's on the wall, the bacteria mold. There you go, getting rid of the mold. <laughs> oh, my brain's not working today. It makes two of us, but uh, you know, so we got to see them firsthand. Actually, met with Vince Moffitt, who is one of the folks that led up their teams. Uh, he actually stayed at the same place with 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 us uh, as as they were wrapping up, and you know he, we we thought we were exhausted. That guy had been in it for a number of days, so we were really honored to throw them on the list. Um, I, we've got Andrew Brennan here from the Global War on Terrorism Memorial Foundation. I mean, right. they had a huge win this year. Yeah. Got a bill signed into law from the president uh, to to get moving on a, a war memorial for post nine eleven veterans and service members. Uh, Will Hubbard from Student Veterans of America, who also had a big legislative yes, victory this year with the the Forever GI Bill. So we've got a lot of uh, tough to tough to zero in on favorites, but you know some really incredible folks. I've got G- a least favorite. There's a this, least there's okay. this Eric Dame guy on the list. Who's <laughs> clearly the best looking one. How did, I miss, how did that, I miss that one? He's my how least did, favorite. Obviously, some sort of glitch. Uh, Russian bots, maybe. Uh, there's some explanation for it on there. But um, Clint Eastwood, by the way, was drafted into the army during the Korean War. There we served go. at Fort Ord. Guess what his job was? He was a cook. He was a swimming instructor. Oh, that's right. He was a swimmer. And apparently on his way home, he was, uh, so he's from the Pacific Northwest in Northern California, I, I believe. He was flying up to uh, Seattle to see his girlfriend on a Navy plane and visit his family. Plane had to ditch in the water after having engine trouble off of San Francisco, and he had to swim over a mile through shark-infested waters, let's keep in mind, <laughs> back, to, back to shore. His swimming instructor job came into uh, very good. So what, what happened to everybody else? <laughs> I don't know. Clint Eastwood, you, he killed, I killed them all, and I used their bodies to make a raft. That's how I got back. How, how is this not a movie? I don't know. The Clint Eastwood <laughs> swimming to shore. It was over a mile, which like a mile's a long way to swim. But if you're a swimming instructor, yeah, that's, that's not, not really. too bad. Yeah. Although there are like, seriously, there's a lot of great whites in the San Francisco area. Off well, the coast, jellyfish. So. Yeah. I've, oh, I've, I've pulled yeah. into that harbor and, you know, just crazy with the jellyfish. Yeah. A lot of sea life there and seals and sea lions, which those have been known to be a little bit aggressive towards people. But hey, we're making this much better for Hollywood right now. We need to see this film. Go ahead, shark. Make my day. <laughs> Get off my lawn. 
All right. So in addition to the Hillvets 100, we have, of course, everything else that Hillvets normally focuses on, including that budget. Now, we saw wow. DOD come out yesterday and say, hey, we've got a plan. This is how we're going to spend it. They, they already have a bunch of uh, money earmarked. We talked about it a little bit earlier on the show. Uh, from your perspective, how are the politicians looking at the defense budget and how are veterans looking at it? Uh, the defense budget, I, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I feel like we just kind of keep going down the same roads in terms of, you know, increase in defense spending, increase in military spending, um, lots of cuts to, to everything else. You know, I was looking at a photo of, you know, where the budget spending is all going and it's, you know, the, you've got some, some really big cuts in domestic spending. Uh, and some really big increases, obviously, in defense spending, the veterans space, and actually NASA. NASA is getting a huge boost. About I think it's four hundred million dollars this year. Uh, you know, as as we continue to go down the road of uh, you know space and technology, which you know for me, I personally I, I find interesting and fascinating. But um, with regards to veterans, veterans overall are looking at uh, the the biggest proportionate increase. I think it's somewhere in the range of about fifteen percent. Um, almost $200 billion is the, the, the budget mm. we're looking at. $198.6 billion is being proposed. Uh, you know, and obviously there are a number of things with regards to what they're looking to increase. One being uh, some proposed choice spending uh, in there, although lawmakers are currently looking to uh, figure out a permanent solution that I think would be outside of the scope of the, the existing budget. But this at least allows for some mechanisms to go into place for that spending should uh, that not occur. Uh, you also have uh, a controversial issue in there, and, and it's the what we call the COLA round down, which mm -hmm. is the cost of living allowance round down. And if you hear that term, basically what it means is if you're receiving disability compensation, disability VA benefits, if you receive $260 and 98 cents that each one of those 98 cent payments would be rounded down mm. so you would just get 260 dollars and zero cents so you're instead of getting that almost a dollar as long as it's short of a dollar it's being rounded down no matter whether it's at 98 99 cents it's still going to go down to you got it dollar. so 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 essentially max max loss um would be you know under I guess it'd be eleven dollars and eighty eight cents per year per right. veteran, assuming that you were, you know, you ninety nine cents. Yeah, <laughs> assuming you hit that ninety nine cents. Which eleven dollars? Listen, I understand there are many veterans out there who are on it and they want every penny and they need every penny they can get, but eleven dollars and eighty eight cents over a year, not the end of the world, typically. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and it it's thirty four million a year. And it's a 2.3 billion in savings over the next decade. Now, what's interesting about this is that it's built into the administrative proposal to save them that funding. Um, but typically, what happens is uh, the the uh, House Veterans and Senate Veterans Affairs committees use that money, that round down, as a form of savings in order to pass. Uh, annual bills that are of interest to them. So right. it ends up being one of the biggest pay-fors on Capitol Hill uh, to actually pay for other veterans programs uh, that are seen as you know timely and, and needed uh, in a given year. So it'll be interesting to see how it's received on, on Capitol Hill. There, there are a few lawmakers who have 
introduced this bill to to get rid of this coal around down because right. the big veteran groups in theory uh, don't 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 like it. Uh, they think it's taking away from veterans. Right. Um, me personally, I mean, I was a staff director on the Hill. Uh, you know, I, I I kind of see it as you know it ends up going towards other veteran programs that may be more timely in terms of you know th- the legislature seeing issues that they need to fix. Right. Um, so you know. For me, it'd be concerning, actually, if it went away. I think it's actually a positive. It'll, it does give them some leeway to pay mm-hmm. for programs that, 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 that are of interest to them. And that 1188 is only if it's at 99 cents. There's going to be, correct. I mean, doing the math, half of them are going to be under 50 cents, and then it'll be half of that. So, I mean, it's yeah, it seems almost to me like, again, as you said, some of the VSOs and some of the people who have veterans' interests uh, at heart, and that's what they deal with, $12 is $12. You know, if, I, right. if you take all my $12 from me, I'm going to end up with nothing if you keep taking $12. But in the grand scheme of things, $12 in a year, I mean, you know, return some cans if you're in a state where they do that yep. and you can make up for that uh, some, within a, a, a week. Some other things in here, uh, they're looking to extend some vocational rehabilitation services from 18 months to 24 months. So if you're in the VRE program or looking to get in the VRE program, that could be of benefit to you. Uh, looking at some increases uh, for at-risk veterans, uh, the homeless, uh, an increase of about $1.8 billion. Medical and prosthetic research, $727 million, uh, would be, would be uh, proposed uh, to, go, to go to that. Gender-specific health care services for women, proposed increase of $511 million. Um, so, you know, some interesting uh, uh, spending proposals here. I think it's important to keep in mind this is a proposal. It's the president's proposal. It mm. goes on to Congress. Congress gets to review it. Obviously, the the, the chairs and the, the members of Congress and both the Senate right. and the House are going to, you know, finagle this with to include some of their priorities. And then, um, you know, the veteran service organizations will all come up here in March. So we'll hear from the VFW, the American Legion, all the big veteran groups will get an opportunity uh, to comment on their thoughts and concerns with the proposed budget. We've been, we are speaking. We've not been speaking. We're still speaking with Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Hill Vets. Now, some uh, some quick hits as we have about six minutes left. So we can't spend Man, too time's, much time on time's these flying things. today. <laughs> what happens when we talk about Phil video Rowe, games? Just Phil last Rowe. week, you know, Representative Phil Rowe, you were Chairman. telling us that last week or or the week before, I think, that he was not going to run for re-election. That he had decided to uh, retire. Now it's looking like that may not be the case. What's the deal with that? That's right. I can't be certain, but uh, you know, it does look like Phil Rowe, who's considering opting not to run in 2018, has made up his mind to run for a sixth term in 2018. Uh, so the chairman, who's criticized the VA's efforts to to buy an EHR system from Cerner, uh, said he was grateful and that he would be uh, back in it for another two years. So, you know. It, he, he's 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 got a big agenda and he's been busy so it's right. going to be interesting to see uh what he intends to do in in another two years and again there are a lot of things on the table right now you have this massive uh va overhaul uh, that's currently being undertaken you have this huge electronic health care record uh situation that's going into place phil Rowe came out and, and from from what i read essentially has some large concerns with how the contract was was being pursued uh, VA's put the brakes on that, and it looks like they're uh, taking a deeper dive into that. There was also a report from the MITRE Corporation um, that has 
been delivered to Congress, and it's on Cerner's capacity to provide a state-of-the-art interoperability solution to the VA. Uh, so I think all of these things were some of the things that weighed on Chairman Rowe's mind, um, and uh, he's, he's in it for another two years. Interesting stuff. And we'll be speaking with uh, a gubernatorial candidate in Connecticut who's hoping to take office there as a veteran. Uh, a lot of veterans moving towards politics in the next election cycle sure are. on both sides of the aisle. Uh, I think we're going to see an increase in the number of veterans serving. And as we've talked to Hill vets before about, including last week at length, uh, that's great. But what's actually even more important is getting more veterans onto the staffs of people who are there. So hopefully some of those veterans who may get elected to national office are planning to bring some veterans along with them. Them on staff. Speaking of the VA, Deputy Secretary Thomas Bowman was appointed by President Trump, confirmed in August, but now seems to be having some uh, disagreements with the administration on the way that they're doing some things. What can you tell us about this issue? Sure. There's a bit of a food fight going on right now with regards to, you know, we spoke to this a little bit, what this large scale VA uh, healthcare overhaul looks like. So there's a big push for, uh, Folks who want complete, uh, I, I dare say, privatization of, of, of VA healthcare uh, on one extreme. And then on the other extreme, there are folks who want uh, basically uh, all veterans' healthcare to take place in a, a VA facility in an ideal world, if you will. Right. Um, me personally, I think that the, the secret sauce is probably somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and figuring out how to best serve veterans who are in any given physical location with any given, you know, ailment that, that they need treated. Uh, but what's going on right here is, is you essentially have a United States Senate who voted uh, 14 to 1 to, to move forward with a, a health care package that was very, very broadly supported, obviously, by 14 senators um, opposed by one senator. Uh, I think more importantly, very supported by the veteran service organizations and, you know, the, the, they being the largest, uh, collaboration of folks representing America's veterans. Mm. And so after that passed, uh, from my understanding, there was some, some concerns within the administration with regards to the proposal that was pushed forward. There was one Senator, the opposing Senator 14 to one, uh, Senator Jerry Moran, who also, uh, who, who, who opposed that measure basically, uh, because they wanted veterans to have uh, more leeway, more say with regards to uh, receiving care in their community without any VA input, if you will. Mm. The, the idea at its base being, if I want care in the community, I go get care in the community. Now, the challenge with that is, is that you know you, you have we're, we're paying a lot of money for this Department of Veterans Healthcare. Yeah. And, and if, if, if we can get you high quality healthcare in the community and it's, it's in general available, um, then, then that's probably the best option in terms of getting you a timely appointment, et cetera, whatever it may be. I mean, it's important to remember that private sector healthcare in the United States is, is pretty broken as well. Hmm. Um, so that's really what the, the crux of this challenge comes down to. You have, you have some folks who want um, VA to not really have a say as to, to veterans receiving uh, care in the community and those that don't. And what happened is the administration uh, apparently feels that, uh, that, that, that the choice should not be routed through the VA. And as a result of that, Thomas Bowman is, is kind of being put on the line, and he's the former uh, staff director of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee. So he actually was 
Senator Johnny Isaacson's, the chairman of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, uh, main staffer, uh, and now he's the deputy uh, secretary at the Department of Veterans Affairs. So you can kind of see where the lines are drawn, if that, that makes sense. It absolutely does. And, uh, you know, just because you appointed someone doesn't mean that they're going to agree with you on each and every issue. So now there's a bit more disagreement there. And one person who's keeping an eye on all those disagreements and agreements on Capitol Hill, Mr. Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Hill Vets. Every Tuesday, you can hear him here on the morning briefing. And Justin, if people are interested in finding out more about Hill Vets, where do they go to do so? Hey, come check us out at www.hillvets.org or on Twitter at Twitter. On Twitter, at Twitter? On Twitter, at Hillbets, at Twitter. <laughs> you guys are at Twitter now? Boy, We're what at a Twitter. <laughs> at Hillbets on Twitter. Well, thank you to Justin for stopping by again. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.